You're listening to Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways, a podcast highlighting the best of Northeast Iowa. I'm your host and producer, Morgan Thias, the communication and outreach specialist for Northeast Iowa Resource Conservation and Development, also known as RCD. We are a small nonprofit that serves seven counties in Iowa Alamakee, Buchanan, Chickasaw, Clayton, Fayette, Howard, and Winnishik in addition to byways that travel through Jackson, Jones, and Delaware counties. Our mission is to recognize opportunities and provide leadership to make Northeast Iowa a vibrant, place-based model for the nation. We love the people and places that make Northeast Iowa unique and special. Welcome back for the next episode of Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways. I'm extra excited for today because not only is it Friday afternoon here as we record, but today's guest is someone who's been here since the inception of the podcast, Jared Nielsen. A little background on the podcast, it really all started as a complete joke. For those of you who don't know, I started my role at Northeast Iowa RCND in January of 2021. Since then, I've been learning and promoting all things byway related. Jared, on the other hand, has been working with Byways for several years. In order for me to fully learn my new job, Jared and I traveled the Byways that we currently oversee and thought, hey, we should start a podcast about our travels. Well, then the joke quickly turned into reality, and here we are today. Jared, why don't you start by sharing your background with the audience? Where are you from? What brought you to Northeast Iowa? Yeah, actually, a little bit of background information about me. A fun fact is... I'm actually from Iowa. Everybody thinks that I'm from Minnesota, but I was actually born in Britt, Iowa and grew up in Garner for a couple of years before we moved to the Twin Cities and pretty much just grew up in Maple Grove, Minnesota, northwest of the Twin Cities. Went to college at Luther where I met my wife, Joelle, at that time, Schumann. We got married after college moved back up to the cities for a few years, and I think it was kind of Joel's underlying plan um, to get me back down here into Northeast Iowa. And we ended up doing that about, oh my goodness, 10 years ago. And um, we've been down here ever since, and it has been a pleasant surprise. Growing up in the city, uh, I guess a term that I have been called before is a city it. It was a little different coming down here to rural Iowa. I wasn't quite sure how it you know, was gonna be but I absolutely love it here. I think we're planning on being here for the long term, and uh, I couldn't be happier with uh, working here at the RCND. And it's kind of a, a funny story too. Brad Crawford, who actually works here at the RCND, um, about 10 years ago, I randomly bumped into him at uh, Nordic Fest, and Brad and I had gone on a trip to New Zealand for a J-term trip at Luther. And randomly, we just started talking. He's like, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm just visiting, but actually we're moving to Decorah. And Brad's just like, oh, that's convenient because we just had a position open up at the RCND. You should apply. And I was like, what is it? I don't know what the RCND is. And he said, oh, you'd be helping out with the byways. And I was like, I don't even know what a byway is, but it sounds awesome. Um, so put in the application and a week later, uh, got the job and uh, the rest is history. Did that answer your question? Do you yes. want to know anything else about me? <laughs> There's a ton of fun facts because I did not know that you were born in Iowa. And it's a really good story about how you got here. And now you can't leave. It really is home. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about your role at the Northeast Iowa RCND? I know you're the byway coordinator, but what does that mean? So my role, as it says online, is I'm the senior marketing and design specialist for Northeast Iowa RCD, but I also serve in the role as a byway coordinator. And pretty much what that means is we work with a lot of our board members and or partners on a lot of byway related projects. Um, more or less kind of the very simple approach here is we we pretty much explore collaborative opportunities with partners and try to help them achieve those goals. And whether that's you know with grant writing or coming in and helping them with actually um, executing the projects that they're looking at doing, it all depends on pretty much what our, our partners are looking at doing and, and how we can actually accomplish that and assist them in that process. And so like you mentioned, your official title is not uh, byway coordinator, you have other roles within your position. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Kind of specialize in natural resource-based publications and interpretation. So over the the years, we've found that um, there's just been a need of, of some information about a lot of local activities around here. One project that we started up about seven or eight years ago was we made the Winship County Trout Guide and it's kind of taken off and from that one we ended up developing one for Fayette, Clayton, and Almakee County and uh, we continue to update that and and off of that we've kind of started doing more paddling or paddlers guides. Uh, we have one for the Turkey River, another one for the Maquoketa River and the Upper Iowa River. Um, so those are just some examples of other publications that we've developed. Uh, when it comes to interpretation this is kind of a, a field that it kind of goes hand in hand with the byways. We've just kind of found that a lot of the sites, um, when we're going out there and sending visitors to a lot of these locations, whether it's a historic site or a natural resource-based site like a fish hatchery, um, a lot of times you get there and you know there's a lot of this super awesome, unique stuff on site, but you know there's usually not personnel there to tell you what it is that you're looking at, and so interpretation through the means of kiosks or interpretive panels allows us to kind of convey what it is that someone's actually looking at when they're at some of these sites. So we've really, we've kind of branched out and, and have really helped um, some of these sites showcase what they have. So we've, we've worked with the Decorah Fish Hatchery, uh, scenic byways from across the state of Iowa, we did some interpretation at Motor Mill Historic Site over near Alcator, the Regal Blacksmith Shop in Claremont. We're working on a current project right now with Decorah Parks and Rec to do some interpretation and wayfinding and signage throughout their entire park system. We've helped Fayette County Conservation with trail development signage and interpretation. And even here at the RCND just recently or in the past couple of years, we became uh, a stormwater demonstration site. And so now we have some interpretation that kind of helps people learn about what it is that we do here. That was a really good description. And for our audience, Jared is being very modest. He actually is a really great artist and is a go-to guy for all graphic design and creative pieces for the team. And another fun fact, I believe that he is the most veteran byway coordinator in Iowa. Is that correct? Scarily, I think that is correct. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know if that makes you really old or the other byway coordinators really young. So getting back to why we're here, we can back it up a little bit. Can you tell us what a byway really is? Sure. You know what? 
I'm going to start by giving the definition and then I'll give my own personal definition as to what I believe it is. Um, the actual definition is a scenic byway is more than just a section of road leading from one place to another. It really is an opportunity that provides unique view sheds for the traveling public and access to authentic experience in treasured places. And I know that sounds all good and dandy, but it's kind of a mouthful. Um, the way that I really like to explain what a scenic byway is, is it's really, you know, it's no different from another a road or route that's managed by the Department of Transportation out there, but it really provides these rural communities an opportunity to create uh, a place-based tourist destination. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. It's more or less trying to identify segments of road that currently exist and try and pick out the most scenic roads from one rural community to the next that goes by a lot of different attractions, points of interest, and things to do that, you know, Otherwise, a lot of the touring public that isn't familiar with some of these regional rural areas would probably pass by. So again, I guess it kind of uh, incorporates the best of what we have to offer from a scenic perspective, in addition to the best things that there are to do around here from a local's perspective. That's like a really good way to describe it. And I'm actually amazed at how many people live on or near a byway, and I've never even heard the term before. And I hate to admit it, but that's me included. I started this position. I was like, yeah, I'd love to like help promote byways. What's a byway? That makes two of us. <laughs> how many byways are there in Iowa? Right now there are 14. Just a couple of years ago, uh, there were 12. But in the past couple of years, we have added a couple of state byways, um, both the Covered Bridges and White Pole Road Scenic Byway have recently been added, and um, also the Jefferson Highway, which, oh my gosh, I guess that means that it, there were 11, and now there are 14. Out of those 14, there are 11 state byways and three national scenic byways. We have the Lust Hills, the Great River Road, and the Lincoln Highway. And I know there's a little bit of, I guess when I first started working here and you start doing research on the byways, you kind of have different levels of byway designation. You kind of have the state byway designation. And like I said, 11 of Iowa's byways are a state byway. The second tier that you actually have to go through an application process on a national level is the National Scenic Byways. And that's what I was saying we have three of, both the Lust Hills, Great River Road, and the Lincoln Highway. And then we have a third level of what they call All-American Roads, and that's kind of like the best of the best, or the cream of the crop roads throughout the entire country. And right now in Iowa, only one of our byways is considered an all-American road, even though they're all awesome. Uh, and that one would be the Lust Hills National Scenic Byway. Do you know anything about the other states and what they offer as byways? Um, again, all of the states kind of have their own process of designating for state or if you want to call them like state byways. Um, but on a national level or those like all-American roads or the best of the best, I want to say the last time I checked, there were about 150 All-American Roads in 46 states. So here at Northeast Iowa RCND, we oversee four of these byways. Can you talk about those? Let's start off with the River Bluff Scenic Byway, my hometown byway. Sure. The River Bluff Scenic Byway kind of goes through, it almost does a loop through Clayton and Fayette County, and it's 100 
and nine miles. And there's just a little teeny tiny segment of the byway just north of Claremont that's about a four mile stretch of gravel road. Other than that, it's all paved. Um, it's a really popular route for a lot of the motorcyclists. And um, as the name says, River Bluffs Scenic Byway, it crosses both the Turkey and Volga River. And there really is a lot of super awesome karst topography and lots of places to pull over and really experience some good overlooks and and scenic views what about the delaware crossing scenic byway so the delaware crossing scenic byway is 44 miles long and that's down in delaware county and kind of if you were to look at the logo the main symbol on the logo is actually the memorial statue that's featured at the Lenox College and there's some really good history there. I guess that's kind of the the site slash spot that I think really stands out on that byway, but there really is, you know, some great great other features down there. But um that's certainly a site that I'd really encourage many of you to check out. And the Grant Wood Scenic Byway, I know that one is really original with their naming too. Yes, the Grant Wood Scenic Byway is located down in Jones and Jackson County, and it's 75 miles long. And as the name implies, uh, it really is based off of the famous painter Grant Wood. I think many of you would probably recognize the painting of the two farmers with the pitchfork out in front of uh, um, oh, the, the iconic window. And uh, that byway is super neat. Um, I've only been coordinating that byway for a couple of years, so I'm not quite as familiar with everything that there is to see and do down there like I am with River Bluffs or Jiffless area. But there are some really fantastic sites like Makokota Cave State Park, I think is, is one that really stands out. But really, again, going back to the name, the Grant Wood, I think all of the art experiences and places to really go and see some of, you know, these famous spots where Grant Wood really sat down and, and painted some of these original pieces of artwork is, is just as impressive as a lot of other things along the route. And last but not least, the Driftless Area Scenic Byway. I think we're both probably most comfortable with this one because we live right along it. But what can you tell us about this byway? So the Driftless Area Scenic Byway, up until about three years ago, was limited to about 100 miles that kind of traversed back and forth within Elm Key County. It kind of started down in Postville, then worked its way up to Harpers Ferry, then over to Wacan, and then Lansing, New Albany, and then ended kind of over by Dorchester. But the Department of Transportation, like I said, about three years ago, opened up applications, and this was about the same time that the covered bridges and White Pool Road and Jefferson Highway were designated as scenic byways. We also put in an application to reroute the Driftless Area Scenic Byway to go into Winnesha County and through to Cora. So we were successful in, in securing what was necessary to make that happen. And now that 44 mile loop goes into Winnesha County over by Dorchester, then goes by Seed Savers, um, up onto Highway 52 and into Decorah before it leaves through Freeport and ends, it, ends up back in Wakan. And so again, it's really bringing two counties together and incorporating Decorah into a byway that I should make sure to, to, to mention has been rated as the most scenic state byway in Iowa. Just a special plug there, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
It's my home territory. There's so many scenic overlooks, businesses, events, and just general activities that every single byway offers. And that's one of the goals for us as coordinators to promote. I know we talked about the idea of coordinators just a little bit earlier, but can you go into more detail about byway boards? Each byway has boards made up of community members, small committees, and of course the coordinators. Can you talk about their goals and objectives? Absolutely. Right now we're meeting on a quarterly basis and you know, working with the boards is really a way for us to gauge, you know, what projects they have going on in their own backyard and what they want to work on. The The Iowa Bioways Sustainability Project, which we're funded through through the Iowa Department of Transportation, is a super unique program that it allows us to really work with each one of the board members. And we certainly have deliverables that, you know, the Department of Transportation requires us to follow, but within those deliverables, it gives us a lot of flexibility to more or less work on what it is that they want us to work on. Um, so yes, we do have to hold meetings and we have to do other things like going out and inventory byway signage and some of the, the basics that are necessary for a program like this, but it also allows us to more or less work with um, each one of the boards and and what we call it is we come up with a um, corridor management plan implementation strategy. I know that's kind of a mouthful too, but it allows us to identify the projects that they want to work on on an annual basis and try and figure out how we're going to fund those projects, whether it's through private funding or securing grants and what grants we're going to target and then who's going to be doing what work, whether it's us as byway coordinators doing that work or hiring it out. Um, it really allows us to, to really focus on what each community really wants to achieve and adjust accordingly to make that happen. All right, so let's get a little more personal since you really do have the inside scoop on all the byways. Can you tell our audience what your favorite part of being a byway coordinator is? Ooh, I didn't see this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it really is, and it kind of piggybacks off my last answer, it really is the flexibility to kind of go with the flow and to, to help out in um, – you know, certain ways that are actually needed and necessary. Uh, working with the community members, you know, it's not us just coming in and, and saying this is what's going to get done. It's us being able to listen to them, have them tell us what they would like us to do and how we can help them. And then we actually get to go and do those things. That's very helpful for each one of those communities, whether it's trail development, interpretation, marketing and promotions, um, historic preservation. Uh, you know, really the sky is 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 the limit there. Uh, so I would say that's definitely my favorite part of being a byway coordinator. I would have to agree because flexibility, like creating this podcast, that's pretty awesome. But also getting to meet with the different businesses along the byway. I've just in the couple months that I've been here, I've already met so many great people and so many business owners. And that that to me is incredible. And I love that aspect of the position. Absolutely. One more question. You know all of the best places and secret stops along the byway, I'm sure. So can you tell us the best part of each of the four byways you oversee? So let's start with the River Bluffs. Okay. I don't know if I can limit it to just one site per byway, but I'll just kind of give my top one slash three sites. <laughs> um, so with, or more, I guess it depends. But for the River Bluff Scenic Byway, I really have to put a plug in for the new trail that was developed from Claremont to Elgin. Uh, along that route, um, you know, we have quite a bit of interpretation. There's also a 
oh, I want to say life-size, but that's the wrong terminology where it shows it's a giant eagle's nest. Let's put it that way. And once you climb into the eagle's nest, it's basically from the perspective of you being a baby eagle looking out, which is really cool. And um, that's just a project that was recently wrapped up a couple of years ago. So I have to give a shout out to that one. That's definitely one of my favorites. Another theme you'll kind of notice with my answers is I have to go with Eagle's Nest Winery. I really like that place down there um, and Marquette. Uh, great people and like super good wine. And I, you know, obviously have to say Motor Mill Historic Site. Uh, that's definitely one of those historic slash iconic spots that everybody that comes into this area, um, you know, really has to check out. It's um, it's pretty impressive structure. I couldn't agree more. I love the eagle, Eagle's Nest. I've ran that trail a million times growing up right outside of Claremont. And then the winery, everyone needs to try out the Sassy Cindy. That one's my favorite. Or the Campfire Hooch. Oh, yep. Good one. Yep. What about the Driftless area? Well, I have to start with the New Albany Meat Market. Their jerky is amazing there. Everything I've had there is actually amazing. And I know they also smoke bacon on Fridays and it's like a waiting order to get it. So that's a little bit of plug for um, the New Albany Meat Market. Anything there and everything that I've ever had has been amazing. Um, I also have to uh, say, again, continuing the theme here, Toppling Goliath is a great spot. Um, so is Pulpit Rock Brewery. And of course, um, the trout streams. Uh, Winnesha County has more uh, fishable trout streams than any other county in the state. And we get the most, uh, or I should say they, uh, get the most anglers to the area. So North, South Bear, Trout Run, Coldwater, um, they're all just phenomenal trout streams that you know you can fish year-round here. So I know this interview is to interview you, but I'm going to say my favorite things because I love this byway so much too. The landing market has been a great place. I've been recently obsessed with it in Decorah. There's so many great options. And then Portside and Harper's, I have to give them a shout out because of my mom. And then the uh, dairy and walk on because you can get coffee and cheese curds. And what more do you need in life? How did I forget those places? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Too many options. <laughs> How about the Delaware Crossing? Well, let's continue on with the theme of food. And I'm going to go with all of that deli. You and I were just down there the other week, and that was amazing. Yep. Good choice. Yep. And then I'm also going to say Lenox College. I was given the tour down there a couple of years ago, and it was my first time on the site, and it was super impressive. I was really impressed. They basically gave me like the specialized, they asked if I wanted the 30-minute tour or the all-extensive, all-inclusive tour of anything and everything. And obviously, I was like, I want to experience everything. So four hours later, um, I was still like, oh my gosh, this place is amazing. And they said, all right, it's got to be over now. So I have to go back there, but that's definitely one of my favorite places too. There's a lot of super awesome, interesting stories there. And the volunteers that more or less just kind of give you the walking tour through the site are super nice, super knowledgeable. Um, that's got to be one of the, the top spots. All right, last, Grantwood. I got to start out by saying Makokota Cave State Park. I think that's, you know, a fairly popular site. And uh, my office mate here, Brad and myself, went down there about a year ago and kind of ran around the place. And we kind of started at just one cave and thought 
that was it. And then all of a sudden we like walked through this crazy tunnel that was lit. And then we found out that there were like more than just one cave and we were pleasantly surprised. Um, so we spent the first 45 minutes in the first cavern and then like 15 minutes running all over the place, trying to see as much as we possibly could in a short amount of time. So I would like to get back there, but that place is awesome. Uh, we've also, uh, Morgan, you and I just went down to the National Motorcycle Museum. And even though we do not know a lot about motorcycles, we both left like we saw um, gang colors there and we saw motorcycles that broke the speed record. And that's about all I can tell you from my experience there, other than it was very impressive. It was very impressive. We saw motorcycles that people had died on, I that know. people had raced on. There was literally something for everyone. And I can agree there, neither of us had any idea what we were looking at, but it was awesome. And for more information, you guys should check our last podcast that I interviewed the marketing guy for that museum. Well, to wrap it up, is there anything that I missed or anything else byway related that our audience should know? Uh, I would just direct people to either um, the Iowa Tourism website if they want to learn a little bit more about the Iowa Byways uh, program or what there is to see and do along each one of the byways. Uh, right now, we also have an Iowa Byways Passport program that's offered on that site. And more or less, it's just a, a super free, fun app that you don't even have to download on your phone. You basically just log on and it goes right through their website and you log in and you get access to potential prize packages on a monthly basis. Um, but I think other than that, um, if you have any other questions, each one of the byways has a coordinator like myself and you, Morgan, and they're all, you know, here to to help out not only, you know, byway board members in, you know, accomplishing local projects, but also to answer all of your questions. And if anybody has any questions related to what there is to do along the byway or want to come up with an itinerary for them, or even just a simple question like, where's a good place to get a burger? I would say we're not the experts, but we should probably have a really good answer for you, or we can make one up for you that hopefully will serve that purpose. Make one up on the fly. Yes, Fake that's it right. till you make it, right? Yep. So you already know what's coming, so I expect super quick answers from you. Okay. It's time for rapid fire. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's your favorite winter activity? Rock hunting. Summer activity. Trail running. What is your favorite meal or restaurant in Northeast Iowa? Oh my gosh. Toppling Goliath. Iowa They're State burgers. or Iowa? <laughs> Minnesota. No. <laughs> I have to go Iowa State. Kayak or canoe? I'm going to go kayak. TJ's Pizza or Mabe's Pizza? I have to go Mabe's. Casey's or Quick Star? Casey's. I just want to say all your answers were wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so last question. It's not rap rapid fire, but can you tell us your favorite part of Northeast Iowa or your best piece of advice and why? Best thing about Northeast Iowa here, no traffic. No, just kidding. But seriously, that is like a super awesome thing about Northeast Iowa. But I would say, especially coming from the cities, and I think this is a pretty uh, genuine answer that you hear from a lot of people. When I was telling all my friends and family that I was moving to Iowa 10 years ago, they were like, what are you doing? And you get down here and then they come down and they see where you're at and what there is to do around here. And it kind of blows all their expectations. So 
between trout fishing, uh, I don't know how many hundreds, well, okay, I exaggerated there. I was going to say hundreds of trails, but in Decora, I would say that we probably have at least 40 plus miles of trails. So we'll stick with that. Um, but I guess the point being with all the craft breweries that are, you know, popping up with all the outdoor activities that are right here in your own backyard, you know, I feel like this is a place where all the other Iowans come to vacation and we get to live right here in Northeast Iowa year round. So that's my favorite part. That was a great way to end it. Thank you so much, Jared. I don't think this will be the last time we hear from you on the podcast, I hope, but that's all we have for right now. We'll see about that. Can you tell the audience how to connect with you if they have any other questions? Sure. My email address is jared, J-A-R-E-D, at northeastiowarcd.org. And our phone number here, if anybody wants to give me a call and ha you know has any questions about anything, is 563-864-7112. And again, I should mention that's Northeast Iowa RCD's phone number. Exactly. So basically, all of Jared's contact information is the same as RCD's and the Byway contact information that I put in the show notes. But I'll be sure to include all Byway links in this episode, as well as the Travel Iowa links for our audience. As always, we strongly encourage you to submit ideas, ask questions, or just connect with us. You can find the links in our show notes. And if you're interested in chatting with me, Jared, or anyone else from the RCD team, we would love to hear from you. Tune in every week for new episodes highlighting business development, recreational activities, historic locations, natural resources, and of course, helpful hints to make your trip along the byway an incredible one. You can also find us on Facebook, online at northeastiowarcd.org, or by contacting our office in Postville. A special thank you to the staff at RCD in Postville and the Byway coordinators all across Iowa for helping make this podcast possible. Thank you again for listening to Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways. And remember, adventure awaits and the Byway can take you there.